Hello and welcome to the Modern Adventurer podcast, where explorers and adventurers tell their stories. Coming up. Yeah, I mean, what I do is I try to use my adventures as a platform to first off highlight the importance of reform and rehabilitation. I want to show other people like myself that you know your past don't define who you are and mistakes don't define who you are. With the right commitment and attitude, you can achieve anything. But I also want to try and change perspective on people like myself to create more positive and safer communities as well. I'm John Horsfall, and on this weekly podcast, we talk to adventurers and explorers from around the world who have made remarkable and daring journeys in recent years. From Everest climbers to polar explorers, world record holders, and many more. I hope this podcast sparks ideas and inspires you to explore and go on your own grand adventure. My next guest is an adventurer and paddleboarder. After spending some time in prison, he got out and has transformed his life using adventure to pursue a more meaningful life. Today on the podcast, we talk about some of his expeditions and about his world record, which he has just got for paddleboarding four lakes in four days around the United Kingdom. So I am delighted to introduce David Hayes to the podcast. Hi John, thanks for having me. No worries, well absolute pleasure and you've been pretty busy in the last couple of months doing breaking records up and down the UK. I mean I can't wait to sort of hear about it. But before we start, let's, for people listening, let's hear about you and how you got into this sort of world of adventure and paddleboarding. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I always used to love adventure. Um, as a child, I would always be outside. Just, you know, my mum would struggle to get me back inside. Um, I went to military school as well. So when, when on the weekends, it was a boarding school, we'd always go out into the woods playing all the camera gear we'd get off, you know, off our dads and our mums that were in the military. Um, and as I grew older, I moved to London. And I sort of just lost this sense of adventure. I got wrapped, wrapped, wrapped into this world that I was in in London. And I realised I was stuck in a rut. And I was trying to think, what, what is it? Why am I not living a fulfilled life? Why am I not happy? And I sort of put my finger on it. It was adventure. I used to love adventure. And I sort of made a vow to myself to get away from adventure. And I created this motto for my own personal life. It's through adventure we live. So I try and live my life now through this motto. Oh, very nice. And so you've sort of, how long have you been paddleboarding for? I mean, I've been paddleboarding for about, it's probably about six years now. Um, I got into it. I've, I've surfed all my life. On those days when I couldn't go surfing, I mean, especially in the UK, down in Bournemouth, um, I turned paddleboarding. And what I loved was the extra sense of freedom that it gives me. No, very, very true. I mean, down on the coast, you, you're very lucky to have that. And I suppose in the last sort of few years, you've sort of been building up to this sort of event. What was the sort of trigger apart from the sort of work? Was it sort of you quit work and you decided or you quit that sort of line of work and then you decided I'm going to pursue this? Yeah, so I quit that line of work, did something that I'm more passionate about, which is supporting. So I'm a consultant for the criminal justice system. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about, but I'm trying to do the adventure as well and turn out to a full-time career. So I've came back down to Bournemouth and then I noticed with the whole paddleboarding as well, it's something I love, but the exploration, the adventure side of the sport, we haven't even hit the limit where we can get to at the moment. So, you know, reading through all these magazines, I'm watching all these people do these adventures. So I'm thinking, why can't I go out and do this? You know, so that's what I'm trying to do now. So I'll go out there 
and sort of be one of the guys at the front pushing the boundaries of paddleboarding. And would you say with that sort of prison reform, because I, I sort of know, have you used your sort of past experiences to sort of drive you to where you are now, do you feel? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's live a much more meaningful life. That's what it's all about. And that's what I'm trying to do. You decided on these four, four what was it, four sups in four lakes? Four lakes in four consecutive days um, and attempt to achieve four world records on each one of them. And so what was the sort of, um, as you say, you've got Alliance of Sport on your shirt right now. What was the sort of, was that, was that the sort of charity sponsor for it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what they do is they use the Paris sports in the criminal justice system to help tackle reform and rehabilitation, which, you know, such a worthy cause. Um, and what I like when I take on these sort of challenges, I like working with the smaller charities. I mean, I love what, they, what the, char- the big charities are doing. I love all their work. But I think these small ones need to get more recognition. And so tell us about this sort of paddleboarding adventure. You, what were the four lakes that you did? Yeah, so the longest one up in Scotland, Loch Orr, and then you come down to England, which is Lake Windermere, over to Northern Ireland, which you've got Loch Ney, and then you finish off in Ballin Lake, which is in North Wales in Snowdonia. Oh, very nice. I mean, I've been to the Lake District, and I have to say Lake Windermere is just absolutely stunning. Uh, it's the sort of parts of it which are just just incredible, and I suppose you're as you say so lucky to sort of paddleboard these sort of areas. It sort of gives you time and space to really absorb yourself into the landscape there. Yeah, I mean, just even off the water, the seri- the scenery around it is just so ma- it's magnificent. I think when you're driving to these lakes as well, I think there should be warnings all over the road because all you're doing is you're driving and just looking at everything around you and not watching the road. It's just, it's so beautiful these areas. I absolutely love it out there. And so this expedition, you did you have a support team for it? Yes, yeah, so we hired a camper van uh, and I had my girlfriend. I had no support in water. So what happened, my, my girlfriend dropped me off at the beginning. I was in contact with her through a VHF radio. And then she was there at the end. Um, so I've gotten any trouble. I could radio her or radio any support that I might need it. I mean, lakes like Lake Windermere and Ballin Lake, you know, this, this, they're quite small and there's loads of support on there anyway. But the other two, I mean, Loch Ness straight away. I mean, that's, I was blown away by the sheer size of it. But trying to get help on any of those two can be a lot more difficult. Yeah. And so for people listening who have never been to, let's say, these lakes, can you describe what they're like? Yeah, so Loch Awe's up in the Highlands in Scotland. I mean, on paper, it's the longest and the most narrow. And I remember just going down one of these back roads through past the lake to get down to the start. And there's a point where the lake just opened up to me and I just saw it and I was like, wow, that's actually pretty big. I was like, it doesn't look that big on the map. <laughs> so we got down. And the thing is with Loch Awe, it's quite a remote area as well. And I remember getting down to the start of it and all it was was a youth hostel where I had to get a permit. And there was nothing else around. Um, and when I got onto the lake, just you're looking around and you can see nothing man-made all around you. It, was, it just felt so alone, but it felt so calm, so peaceful. I absolutely loved every moment of it on that lake. Um, and it's the same with Lake Windermere. The view just over the lake, just again, it's, ah, it's unbelievable. Like, and were you quite lucky? I mean, when were you doing this? Um, it was about three weeks ago. So June the 14th is when I started. Oh, wow. Very recent. Were you lucky with the weather then? 
I was lucky. I mean, when I was on Loch Or and Loch Ney, the wind did start, pick up, start to pick up on me. And, you know, it did start rolling some waves on there, which was quite surprised by the size of them, considering it was a lake as well. But apart from that, that was all right. It wasn't raining, which was all right as well. So you were doing this for the charity. Can you sort of describe to people the sort of charity and maybe why this sort of charity is so important to you? Yeah. And so, so they use the, the power of sport, um, you know, in the criminal justice system to help tackle reform and rehabilitation. Um, and working in the industry, um, I know a lot about the power of sport and, you know, the power of rehabilitation. It's something that I've experienced myself and part of the reason that, you know, I do a lot of these ventures. You've sort of had experience inside. Yeah, I've, you know, that, I've done a bit of time inside before. Um, and that's why I sort of use adventure as a tool to live a much more meaningful life. I mean, I think that's what pushes me to get out there. Oh, very nice. And I suppose by having that past experience is sort of what, you know, can drive you now towards it. And I, does it, sorry, and so does it sort of help other people get into adventure? Yeah, I mean, what I do is I try to use my adventure as a platform to first off highlight the importance of reform and rehabilitation. I want to show other people like myself that, you know, your past don't define who you are and mistakes don't define who you are. With the right commitment and attitude, you can achieve anything. But I also want to try and change perspective on people like myself to create more positive and safer communities as well. What sort of led you down that path, did you do you think it's it was we're living in london it was getting stuck in this stuck in this rut um you know i was, I was doing quite well working for myself uh, working in the forex um and then i ended up losing my job and then from that you know everything just spiraled out of control for me um and just went into a big black hole um committed one crime ended up getting another job and then from there um from there i ended up um going into more crime which led me to end up in prison do you think it was a sort of spiral, as you say, just going from one to the other? Yeah, I mean, the first one, the first crime I committed, I just had the police sort of ring me all the time saying, you know, you're going to jail, you're going to jail. Um, and I didn't tell anybody. I kept this all to myself. And then I just bottled it up. And then through that, I sort of had a little, I suppose, a breakdown when the time came for court. Um, and then I ended up disappearing for five weeks, which then resulted in crimes I committed to end up in prison. Good. And so I suppose what's so great is that, as you say, from your experience on the inside, you are now using it as a tool to sort of help and inspire others. And have you got more big plans for the summer ahead? Yes. So I'm working with some other charities as well that all sort of work around adventure and prison reform. Um, next month, I'm doing a three peaks and taking up some guys who've also done some time in jail who've never been out in nature. So, doing that to connect with nature, trying to push them through three peaks 24 hours. Um, then, August, I'm trialing a half ultra down along the Jurassic Coast, which I'm really excited about. September, I'm aiming to do the River Thames. I'm going to paddle that 208 kilometers, attempting to do that non stop, which would be another world record if I'm successful. Um, I then want to try and do the longest lake in Southern Ireland and then try and run this campaign out across Europe. I mean, I think if I'm not wrong, you had Nick Butter on your show, didn't you, in the past? Yeah. So, I mean, Nick Butter, he's inspired me for these lakes. So, I mean, I've seen him 
run, you know, Fredericksburg running a marathon in every country in the world. And it's seeing him do that, I was thinking, why can I not do the same? I've even spoke to his agent about it, who's sort of given me quite a lot of advice as well, which has been, been great. Yeah, Nick Butter, he's great. He was on the show, as you said, earlier on. And he has such a great story and such a sort of positive outlook on life. I think he, at the moment he's sort of trying to run around the UK in 100 days or something. Yeah, so two marathons every day. Yeah, he seems to be. And so uh, was this your first big expedition with paddleboarding? Yeah, on paddleboard. I've done a few. I mean, uh, back in September, I paddleboarded from Paul Harbour over to the Isle of Wight. It was 50 kilometres with a baby oak tree on board. Um, but this is the first big planned expedition. You know, I was against the clock here. It was all because I'm trying to do it four consecutive days. I had to get from each lake to make sure I could be at all in this place. And also, you know, it's the four world records as well. Amazing. Yeah, in terms of sort of logistics for it, you, because, you know, as you say, technically we're still in a sort of lockdown per se. Did you have any sort of trouble with travel? No, for, I mean, I was keeping a close eye on everything. So I know Glasgow only just came out of the, of the lockdown, but luckily enough, I was all right, you know. And especially, I mean, I was sort of kept myself anyway. I had this camper van. The only time we seemed to be around people was when we were on the ferry going to and from um, Liverpool. In terms of the lakes that you did, what, what do you sort of think was your sort of favourite moment from that trip? Uh, there's a lot of moments. I think it was getting to, when I came, when I came off Loch, Loch Ney, the third one in Northern Ireland, I sat there, I promised myself I'd have a pint of Guinness after the lake. It was a tough one. It took me, you know, it was five hours, 11 minutes. That was a pint of Guinness. And I was, that was one of my proudest moments in life. And I was sitting there, I was thinking I could quit right now if I wanted to. I could, you know, give, give up. And I've already got three world records, the most that anybody holds in the paddleboarding world. I was thinking, no, you know, I've quit a lot in my life. I've, you know, no more am I going to quit and I'm going to carry on. I'm going to do this. And I just had this fire inside me. And I took that fire. I went down to Ballard Lake. And I remember just sitting on the side of Ballard Lake, tired, aching. And I had no idea where this energy just came from. I got on that lake, put my head down, went straight to the end. I had to come back again because it's such a short lake. And I got a really good time in there. And I was just so proud of myself. And I just, it was such an immense achievement as well. For people listening, I, I mean, my... Um... How long are these lakes in terms of miles that you covered on each? Um, I go by kilometres. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Loch um, Orr was 40 kilometres. Um, Lake Windermere was 18. Um, Loch Ney was 38. And then Bala to the, to the end and back was 11 kilometres. Okay, and so you had to sort of wait there and back? Yeah, because it's just a short, um, a short lake, the rules were to get the world record, it's had to go to the end and then come back again. Oh, right. And this was the four longest, biggest lakes in Great Britain? Yeah. Ah, amazing. Because, yeah, Joshua, I think it was Joshua Pete Patterson, he did uh, four, four marathons in four countries around the United Kingdom in sort of 24 hours. And I was sort of thinking it was maybe on a sort of similar what do you call it a similar sort of time with that but no well that's amazing i mean um yeah we've just done a trip and yeah covering those sort of distances certainly takes a bit out of you yeah definitely it's like you know you're digging deep as well you want to get there you know as quick as time as possible really 
What uh, what sort of times were you pushing with these? So I mean, on the forty kilometers, I did five hours twenty four. Um, I then on Lake Windermere, eighteen kilometers, it was two hours ten. Loch Ness, I was five hours eleven, which was thirty eight kilometers, and then Ballard Lake, uh, was one hour twenty in eleven k, doing my eleven k. It's only, um, as you say, when you've been on the board for so long. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so um, you're, you're down in Bournemouth now, and what, prepping prepping for the next one? Well, see, yeah, so back in the gym, I sort of took the week off to relax, uh, back in the gym, back training, um, and yeah, getting ready. I've been, I've just started working with a company called Oscar Propulsion, who are designing new blades for paddle boards as well, so... Um, I'm trying those and I'm going to try and try that out on the River Thames as well, see see how it does. Going back, I mean, the sort of food that you were intaking, because you're sort of traveling from place to place. Was that sort of happening overnight, like the sort of three peaks where you climb up and down and then travel overnight, climb up, climb down? Or was it very much like in the morning you would do it and then afternoon you would travel and then rest rest in the evening and start again the next day so we, i went up so started in scotland on the monday so i was in i ended up in scotland on the sunday cooked cooked up cooked dinner up there made a big pasta dish to take with me onto the water um and then once i finished up in scotland it was down to windermere slept by windermere on the ferry to belfast and then did that one and then back but i mean i found when i took the pasta out on the board with me i found trying to eat that and paddle it was near impossible so i just managed to get some protein balls to just eat those as I was going. So make sure I had a big sort of hearty meal in the evenings, a bit of a healthy breakfast in the morning, and just make sure I had fruit and protein on the board to keep going. Yeah, I, I just think uh, what an amazing experience you've sort of had because, as you say, you're going to some of the most beautiful parts of the United Kingdom. Um, as I say, I haven't been up to some of the locks, but yeah... The lakes are just stunning to be around. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I've been offered to go up to uh, Loch Ness as well, to Tent Mat Lake, um, which is very tempting. But I mean, it's a 10-hour drive from where I am, right? So it's quite a long drive to go up there. But I'm sure, I reckon next, next summer, I'll, I'll go, up to, go up and do uh, Loch Ness. Yeah, it's a, do, you, do you think you would have any of doing like all the locks, something like that? I would. I mean, this, I'm always sitting there and I'm always coming out of ideas. Um, so, I mean, ideally, after I've done Europe, it would be great, like Nick, uh, to then try and do the longest lake in every country in the world. I mean, next summer, we're off to go and paddle the length of the Skeleton Coast in Namibia, which has never been done. Um, and we're trying to become the first team, me and someone else, to do um, the River Nile as well in 2023. But I'm constantly looking at the map, I'm looking at the globe, I'm looking at all these different routes that can be paddled. Um, so it just there's so much out there that you know it'd be I mean it'd be great to do it all but you're trying to pick what to do and you know and the process of getting about doing it and sort of along the way um because you're sort of as you say what sort of drives you when times are getting sort of tough were there sort of some terrible moments along the way which you sort of had to dig deep did you find or I, or did you find with the paddleboarding it was very much a sort of routine thing? No, I mean the the first one, Lock 
four, there was, um, yeah, there was moments near the end. I mean, the wind really picked up on me. It was coming behind me, but I mean, I don't know if you've experienced it when you've been out on the board before. So when the roll, the waves start rolling and the roll underneath your boards, the boards will back breaks on you. And so those moments where you put all this effort in to paddle, then it's all just taken out of you. The steam's just gone. It's like, ah, oh, so that's just a killer. And it's, it's, this is happening more and more. The wind was picking up, you know, the white waters, the white horses were breaking around me. And right at the end, I could see Kilkern Castle, which is the end point. And I didn't take into consideration the river ore as well that comes in. So I had Sunny, the uh, current off that coming, these waves breaking on me, just so struggling and distance was just in reach, but managed to get, get around that. And then the when I was heading down to the Lake District, uh, we had issues with our van. It went into limp mode. So it's basically, it, was only, it wasn't going over, over 50 kilometers an hour. So after I finished that lake, I didn't get to the Lake District till midnight. I had about four hours sleep, still not knowing the van would work. The RAC came and rescued us. And then when I got onto Lake Windermere, where I was so sleep deprived and lacking salts and all sorts, the cramps that I got all over my body were just ah, they were insane, really intense. I mean, I managed to sort of get through them, get that one. The toughest one was Loch Ney. I mean, it was just such a big lake. There's one point right in the middle of it when I was in the heart of the lock that I would look around me and I literally could not see any land anywhere. And I was waiting for the ferry at Liverpool the day before and this sweet old lady was telling me all the horror stories of the lock about lost fishermen, the weather system above there, about these kayakers were on the lake and these waves started breaking about nine foot and they you know, had to get rescued. So I was fine before I went on. Then I went and read all these, some of these stories and then she put the fear in me, got on the lock, got out there, out in the middle of this lock, no one around me. And all I could see is these dark clouds forming. The waves are getting bigger around me. I was like, this is a lake. How is this happening? And I just got these, these images in my head. But luckily, you know, I kept going. I'm prepared. Worst case scenario, I get rescued, but I was all right. <laughs> that, that's exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? Just before... <laughs> The horror story. Yeah, bless her. (laughs) (laughs) And I suppose when preparing for these, I mean, doing your research and everything, uh, was this sort of months, years in the making, or was this quite a sort of basic uh, expedition to get off the ground? Yeah, it's been for ages. I've been sort of planning it, and it's just trying to work out. I mean, working out the longest points of the lake straight away was you know a bit difficult in some of them, but I mean, it was. Relatively straightforward, being it's in the UK, um, and it's just trying to work out logistically which ways to go and trying to work out where to sleep and all that. I think the hardest part, I mean, the exercise I trained, you know, I was physically fit, I was physically well for it, but it was the traveling in between. It's nearly 200 miles between each one. That's not what you want to be doing after you've just, just paddled. I mean, I didn't drive, but still sitting in a van, tired, it's not, it's not pleasant. Well, I mean, it's absolutely incredible that you've done it. And I'm sure there are many more to come in the coming months and years. Definitely, definitely. This is just the beginning now. I've got a real taste for it now. So just, yeah, watch the space. There's more to come. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's the sort of issue is, is that it's, it's so addictive. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's, but it's the thing. That's why I think more people need to get out there, don't they? Like, more people need to experience adventure. But not everybody has to go and, you know, paddle around the UK or paddle the four longest lakes or, or you know, run a marathon in every country. Adventure can be anything, but it's just sort of taking that little step out of your comfort zone. I think that's what you need to do and truly 
learn more about yourself when you do that. And that's what I'm doing every time I do it. Well, that probably leads quite nicely to our five questions, which is, um, these are the same five questions that we ask each guest each week. And what the first one being from your trips and expeditions, what's the one gadget that you always take with you? The one gadget, food, I mean, everything. I've always had my phone, but it's the app on there, the OS app. Always use that. Absolutely love that. Uh, what about your favorite adventure or travel book? I mean, my favorite author straight away, Levinson Woods. And I would say every, every, um, every book he's wrote. But I think Walk the Nile was definitely my, my number one of his. That was the first one I read after watching the um, documentary on Channel 4. Oh, that probably gave you a bit of inspo for your River Nile expedition. Yeah, yeah. I nearly had an opportunity to meet him not so long ago, but never um, came to because of COVID. I was gassed. <laughs> um, why are adventures important to you? For me, it's I use it as a journey of self-discovery with my past and everything I've been on. It gives me this opportunity to learn more about myself, what I'm fully capable of, um, and that's what I absolutely love. And that's why I want to keep pushing myself to keep learning more about myself and grow and change in a positive way as an individual. Oh, nice. And what about your favorite quote? Favorite quote. Um, the purpose of life, after all, is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for a newer and richer experience. Oh, beautifully read. Eleanor Roosevelt. Very good. Yeah, he has quite a good, a few good ones. Um, him and Mark, him and Mark Twain certainly came out with a few classics over the years. I say there's loads out there. I also saw Renard Fiennes as well about there's no such thing as bad weather. It's bad preparation, and that's a good one as well. Uh, people listening are always keen to travel and go on these sort of grand adventures for themselves. What's the one thing you would recommend for people who want to get started? Um, just just got to go and do it. I think there's no point. Everybody ums and ahs, don't they? Should I, do I? Don't listen to sort of the naysayers around you that might try and put down your head. Just, you just got to go and do it. You know, just take that step into the unknown, which is adventure is about. Be brave and go out there. Live through adventure. What tips would you have for people who want to get into paddleboarding? Um. Just do it. I mean, there's so many great brands uh, brands out there to to do it, and it's it's such a great all rounder sport. I mean, I'd start off. You've just started out. Start with a rigid board, uh, not rigid, sorry, an inflatable board. Get used to that, and then if you feel more confident, you want to go out, and then start spending some more money on some better equipment. Um, but always be safe, and always you know prepare for, for when you get out in the water. But I'd say just go out and do it. Even if you just go and hire a board for a weekend, there's plenty of places. To, to go and do it very nice well there you go everyone out you go paddleboarding <laughs> paddle paddle through life and finally what are you doing now and how can people follow your adventures in the future yeah so at the moment just continuing with work training and preparing for the next sort of up and coming things um they can go to my website nomadicpaddler.co.uk or they can follow me on twitter and instagram at nomadicpaddler as well well, your Twitter, not your Twitter, sorry, your Instagram and website will be on the website. So you can click on the link and check it out. Cool. Thank you very much. No worries. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, chatting about all your trips and very exciting for your upcoming trips as well. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great talking. Great talking to you too. Well, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you for listening. You can watch the podcast on YouTube now and don't forget to subscribe and sign up to the monthly newsletter, which is in the description below. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, tag me on Instagram at John Horsfall. I'm always keen to connect with other adventurers. And I look forward to next week for another fascinating tale of adventure. But till then, have a great day and happy adventures. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.